You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're talking about real faith. And so we've looked at so many different things. Um, Last time I was here, back in October the 20th, we began to look at four different types or reasons for speaking or confession. And so number one, we said we believe that from the Word of God uh, that there's confession unto faith. And so that is a place and a person that you're just hearing the Word of God. You're not sure what the will of God is because faith begins where the will of God is known. And so you got three gates to your heart. you got an eye gate, you got an ear gate, and you got a mouth gate. And since you believe the words that come out of your mouth, you ought to begin to speak the word of God. And so you can, and Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, talks about meditation. And so uh, Christian meditation, biblical meditation, is when you speak the word of God out of your mouth. And this could be at a place where you're not yet convinced or you're not yet sure about the word of God, but it is the word of God, and so you begin to speak it. You begin to say it. You begin to meditate on it until it becomes real to you. And so there is definitely a confession unto faith. There's definitely a speaking of the word of God that positions you then to make a confession of faith. And so the confession of faith, Romans 10, 9, and 10. When you firmly have believed that Jesus is the Son of God and he was raised from the dead, and you believe that in your heart, then you do what? You say that out of your mouth. And when you do that, that's a confession of faith. And I'm teaching these separate, not so you can go, okay, was that a confession unto? And that was a confession of? Listen to me. You'll know when you've made a confession of faith. Because it's not based on what you see around. It's based on a believing on the inside. Just like you know, just like, listen to me, just like you know, you absolutely know you're born again. How do you know that? You know that in here. And so when, you, when someone asks you, are you born again? You say, yes, I'm born again. You're making a confession of faith. You're saying what you believe. In the same way, you make those confessions of faith concerning healing, concerning provision, concerning peace, concerning anything. Number three. The third reason as we speak the word of God or confession is to use your authority. In other words, you speak to things. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And then we're going to talk number four when we get to it about well, you speaking the word of God actually steers your life. And in there comes the declaration and the decreeing that Pastor Belinda was talking about last week. You use the word of God to steer your life. It's different than a confession unto or a confession of faith or speaking to things. You're just using the word, your tongue as a rudder to steer. And in that, you can make some declarations and some decrees inspired by the word of God and inspired by the Holy Ghost. And then the last thing we talk about, how many know Jesus is the high priest of your profession? He's watching over your words to perform it. And also the Bible says in Psalms 103.20 that the angels hearken to the voice of the word of God. So, it's imp- so there's things going on. So let's look at this one real quick. I don't know how far we're going to get. So turn with me to Mark 11.23. Mark 11.23. Um, Jesus wrote this, not Brother Hagen. Mark 11.23. Mark 11.23 says this. Um, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this what? So who are you talking to? You're talking to a mountain. What is a mountain? Uh, You can get this right, y'all. Talk to me. Um, It's an obstacle, right? Are you talking to God? Are you talking to the devil? No, not really. Now, sometimes that'll change a little bit. But what are you talking to? You're talking to a problem. 
You're talking to a situation. You're talking to an obstacle. Jesus called it a mountain. So there's something in your way. There's something the devil. There's something the world. There's something out of order. The devil has caused it. Just living in the world has caused it. Something is in your way that is contrary to the word of God. In other words, it's not the will of God for it to be there. And so you, you have Bible evidence of that. You know the will of God. And so he says, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea. Now there's some things about this talking to things. Number one, you can't have doubt in your heart. What is doubt? It's due. It's two. Uh, the Bible says in James, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How can he receive anything of the Lord? So a person of doubt, they're letting, they're letting the bigness of that mountain. What it looks like, how long it's been there, um, how bad it's talking to them. They're letting that, so you can get doubt. It's not unbelief. Unbelief is, I refuse to believe that I can move this mountain. Doubt says, I know I can, you've, you've, you've already believed. You know, you know the will of God, but there's something in the natural, the, the size of the mountain, it, the way it talks. Come on, have you ever had, back in the old day when y'all had checkbooks, we still use ours. Have you ever had your checkbook talk to you? I'm empty. Now you open it up on the thing and it can say the same thing. I'm empty. Have you ever had your body talk to you? You want me to move, but I ain't. Right? Things that, problems uh, come your way. So if you don't doubt in your heart, not your head, your heart, but shall believe those things which you say shall come to pass, he'll have what he says. But this starts with, what are you talking to? It talks about saying, and I get that, but you got to stick with what, because see, this will confuse you. There's so many types of confession. There's so many reasons why we need to talk. And if you kind of divide them up, and I've never done this before when I've taught on confession, divide them into five or six different categories, because if you can do that, then you understand what you're doing and why you're saying I'm saying something because I see it in the written word of God. I have to be honest with myself. I don't believe it necessarily yet. I can't make a confession of faith, so I'm going to confess unto faith. Okay, now I see it. Now I've got it. Now I'm going to make a confession of faith. Then there's this mountain that's in my way while I'm believing God. There's this thing that has come, this obstacle that is trying to keep what God has for me. You know, a, a, a guy, uh, he, he's been here in church, but he said this, and I love this saying, if you knew what was behind that mountain, you'd move it. But the mountain's not going to move when Jesus moves it. Lord, move my mountains. That's not what the Bible says. Well, the Lord has to do it. Yes, the Lord has to do it, but he can only do it till you, and, and when you say it and believe it. In other words, you, some of you, if you grew up, if you, if you, if you got religion in you, this is going to make you mad. He can't move it until you say what the word says about it. Well, Lord, I need you to move my mountain. He, if you listen back, he'll say, you talk to it and I'll do it. Really, your words you speak are the one that's moving the mountain. Jesus has done everything he's going to do about your mountain. No. We were all just moving and grooving here just a minute ago. Don't, don't, don't. Well, I just, believe, I just believe when the Lord's ready. He was ready a couple thousand years ago. That's why he went to a cross. He was ready a long time ago. He put his blood on the mercy seat and he sat down. He sat down. He is sitting down. What does he need you to do? He needs you to move it. Well, I can't move it. No, but the word of God coming out of your mouth can move it. 
You can't do it. But the word of God, come on, sometimes we as believers, we just settle for so less when something comes up. You know, it is very religious to say, well, you know, this problem came and I guess, you know, I thought it was the will of the Lord for this or that, but I guess it wasn't. Well, you can't let the circumstances determine whether you're in the will of God. Come on, the, de- the devil will work morning, noon, and night to keep you out of the will of God. So what do you got to do when an obstacle comes and you know the will of God? If, if you know the will of God, if you know the will of God on something, what do you do? You talk to it. Listen, when the Lord has put a specific job in your heart, maybe you're working for a specific, and you know it's God. That's not written in the word of God. But, you know, maybe the first time you went for the interview, they're like, eh. But you know in your heart that's where you belong. What do you do? Well, you call them up and bug them morning, noon, and night. No, that'll just annoy them. You get your best bud to go down there and put a good word. Okay, maybe if you're led to do that. But what you ought to do is talk to it. I said, what you ought, what? Because that's an obstacle of some, well, I just must, must have missed God. We are so quick to, I must have missed God. Do you know his voice or not? Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Am I in the right church? I said this Sunday morning. Uh, are you ready for this? Come on, the Lord's promised you something. You know, you know the voice of God. And so if he puts, have we all missed it before? Sure, sure we have. But you know the voice of God. And if he promised you something, he wants something for you. uh, Don't think it's strange when the devil will throw a mountain range in there. Not just a mountain, a mountain range. Come on, have you ever noticed when the devil does something, especially y'all, you cornerstonians, you know what the word says. So the devil's not going to send you one problem. One mountain for you won't do. You'll just laugh at it, talk to it, and it'll have to cast itself. So what the devil will do with some of you is he'll bring a whole range. Mount Everest, Mount Rainier, Kilimanjaro. I mean, he'll bring them all. Those are all real mountains, right? Okay. The Smoky, Mount Leconte. Are you with me? So what do you got to do when the range comes? You just talk to them. Speak to them one by one if you have to. What do they got to do? It's got to obey you. Because it's not obeying you, it's obeying the word that you believe that's coming out of your mouth. A double-edged sword. So you got to speak to things. You got to speak to it. You got to speak to it. So one of the reasons we talk to when a thing comes up, when something comes up, Listen, I believe in prayer just as much as you do. I'm a prayer person. I pray things out. I know what Mark eleven twenty four said. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. I know what 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says. This is confidence I have in him. If I ask anything according to his will, I know he hears me. If I know he hears me, I know that I have I desire, I desire him. <laughs> but don't pray what you ought to be saying. Say it. Speak it. Listen to me, this is not a word of faith teaching. This is not a word of faith doctrine. This is a Jesus doctrine. Don't let, don't let someone talk to you about, well, be careful. You don't want to get in that name it and claim it stuff. You don't, you don't want to be doing that. Listen, I'm, giving you, I'm going to give you scripture after scripture. This is Jesus' idea. This is God's idea. This is the way it works. Why wouldn't the devil try to make people not say anything so that he can run rampant over their life? I know one time when it comes to stuff like this, with 
things. Because, you know, I didn't grow up in this. And then you get around some people. And do some people, you know, they get so extreme and they try to become your mouth. I don't know if you've lived, uh, you know, been friends with anybody. Everybody wants to be your mouth monitor only. They can't even control their own. They just want to control yours. And, you know, you can get, you can get weird with that. And, and then some people, when this kind of teaching is, uh, and if this does this to you, then you have something you need. If it makes, because it did this with me before too. Uh, it makes me, it made me rigid. It made me afraid to say anything. So I did what the Proverbs did because it was scriptural. I put my hand over my mouth. And so I just wouldn't say anything. (laughs) And the Lord spoke to me one time. He said, um, a a thousand times zero is zero. I need your words. I've come for your words. This, this This is a teaching that is so important. And yes, have people taken it and maybe pushed it off into a ditch why does the devil do that? Because he doesn't want sensible people like you and I, um, you know, because we don't want to be in a ditch. But you cannot throw things away just because, you know, you know, like back in the day, uh, in the charismania days, you know, someone, you know, some single guy would look at a girl and he would say, I claim, you know, he didn't maybe not to her, but I claim her in Jesus name. Well, you can claim all day you want. If she thinks you ugly, she not, she not coming near you. That's my wife. I claim her in Jesus' name. And you can talk it and talk it and talk it, but it ain't happening. Come on, weirdness has happened. You know, I had this one guy one time, and there was a, someone restoring an old house, and he's like, I've claimed it in Jesus' name, and I'm going to confess it into being. And I'm like, I know the people who just restored that house, and they ain't moving. And they, by the way, they still live there. And he lives somewhere else, not here. So see, can people get crazy with it? Yes. But you got to stick with the word. And But don't let what craziness has happened take you off the reality. You and I, when a mountain comes, it is not up to God to move it. You move it with the word of God that's written down. You move it with what he speaks to your heart that is in line with the word of God. All right? So let's look at... Uh, Let's look at some others around that. Matthew 17. Uh, we'll just skip down. Matthew 17, uh, 20. Everybody good? We're going to the other side. Good things are happening. We're going to take communion in a little bit. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said, them, because of your unbelief, because remember they're trying to cast the devil out. They rebuked the devil and the, and the child, and he wouldn't come out. And Jesus said, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he come out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say unto this mountain. So even with getting rid of a devil. Okay, so here's that. So this boy was possessed with the devil. And so what should they have done? They should have spoken in faith and commanded it to come out. We're talking about using our authority, using our authority over a thing. The mountains that come up speak to the thing that is, it, that is in opposition to the will and the word of God. You speak to it by speaking the word of God. He said, if you had grain as a mustard seed, you'd say unto this mountain. So, you know, he's saying it doesn't take a lot of faith, but your faith can only be released by what you say. And so if you would have just spoken to that, he said, remove hence yonder place and it shall remove. It shall remove. It shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. That's pretty big stuff, y'all. He said, if you'd say to it, if you'd say to it, 
If you'd say to it, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd say unto it. And then he said, and nothing shall be, that's too big. Did he mean that? Did he really? Come on. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing's impossible with the will of God. All things are possible, those that believe. But what, what brings that? Speaking, 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 speaking. Matthew 21, 21. Matthew 21, 21. It said, uh, um, um, this is kind of le- leading up to Mark 11, the same thing about the fig tree. Um, <clears throat> verse 18, now in the morning he returned to the city, he hungered. When he saw the fig tree, that's in verse 19, he didn't find anything there. Verse 20, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon the fig tree withered away. Verse 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I send to you. If you have faith and doubt not, there that is again, though. L- listen to me. Everybody listen, listen, listen. It's not just your words. It's not just the word of God. Because see, if you say as a poly, uh, my, my mamaw had a parakeet. You know what a parakeet is? It's a little version. It's not a, para, a parakeet, but she taught it to talk. One of the things she, now she's the only one to get away with this, another person too. She taught it to say, Marky, go get me a Big Mac. And it would say it, and you could understand it. My Aunt Ellen, who was just mean as could be, funny as could be. My Aunt Ellen, she stayed with my grandma for about a month one time, and she tried to teach it, uh, Ruthie, go get the preacher a beer. And uh, she, she, he, he did not recognize her southern draw from Louisville, and so he didn't say that because my grandma would have probably got rid of it. But anyway, but my point is, just because, so you're not a bird. This is not supposed to be learned as far as you repeating you hear some, Kenneth said it, Gloria said it, Kenneth said it, Jerry said it. No, it's got to be real to you. It's not just about you repeating something. The reason it doesn't work is if you can say the right things, but you don't believe it in your heart, nothing's happening. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? In other words, the devil and the mountain... And the fig tree and the storm, they all know if you know. They all know if you believe. They all know if I believe. So if something, I speak to it and it don't move, the first thing I should then is work on, well, not my words, my heart, the word level, my belief level. And maybe that does come, but I I say, okay, that was supposed to move. See, we get excited when things happen. I'm more of concern. If, I, if it's not working, it's supposed to happen. No, it's supposed to happen. It's normal Christian living for mountains to move. For obstacles to go. That's normal life for us. We, we, only, we should get concerned. Why isn't it moving? Now, I'm not talking you to do a deep dive on everything wrong with you, but, but the truth of the matter is, it's either your words or your heart. It's either your words or you're doubting something. Now, when it comes to my goodness, when it comes to dealing with other people, even if you're their spouse, you can't control them. You can try to get them to say all the right words and do all the right things. But God will work on your behalf, even if they're not interested in changing stuff. And it'll be okay. And then you just have to believe eventually they'll catch up. But you can't sit around and wait for them. You with me? 
Can't sit around and wait for them. You go ahead and be you and do what God has called you to do. And you speak the word and you watch. Well, I just want them to take their place. Well, Jesus has wanted a lot of people to take their place. But he don't wait on those who won't take it. So if you're in a family, if you're a married person, a spouse, you know what? You just keep doing you. You keep doing it. And, and if they're not at the same level, you know, don't, don't badger them. Badgering no one, you know, change your words. Change your words. Well, I, I'm married and I understand. And you're married. Uh, you know, if you're married, how, how many of you know if, if I begin to badger her, she begins to, you know what I mean by that? Poke at, you, you, you need to watch your words. You're going to cause us problems. Watch your words. I mean, you know, that's really um, not going to go well. You just speak the word, and God will work it because of you. And if they take credit, you let them. Hallelujah. Just because it just needs to be done. But I'm talking to everybody. Everybody in the room is fine, right? Hallelujah. So I'm probably talking. No, never mind. Hallelujah. So come on. Are you with But you've got to do what? You've got to believe in your heart. Not doubt and speak to it. It says it'll be removed and it'll be cast in the sea and it shall be done. Everybody shout, it shall be done. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's, uh, are we keeping looking? What are we doing here? Um, Luke 17. Oh, this is a good one. Now he's saying the same thing, but he, this is uh, like with unforgiveness. So remember he said, uh, Luke 17, Jesus said it's impossible, but offenses will come. And woe through whom they come. So you and I are not here to offend anybody, right? It's better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck and cast in the sea, and he should offend one of these little ones. So we're not going to especially, uh, you're not going to offend one of the little ones, one of the children. Take heed to yourself. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. Uh-oh. And if he repent, do what? So, so this is not about letting people get away with stuff. If someone does you wrong, you can tell them about it. And then if they repent, what do you do? You forgive them. And even if they don't repent, I, I think later on you'll find out you still should forgive them. Amen. Um, and if he trespass against thee, oh, here we go. If he trespass against you seven times in a day. Another place, you know, Peter asked, he's like, well, how many times? You know, seven. And Jesus said no, because he was trying to be letter of the law with Jesus. Okay, if they, they seven times, but on number eight, you know, I'm going to get you. You know, this old saying here, uh, you know, uh, if you hurt me once, shame on you. If you hurt me twice, shame on me. Um, that's not scriptural. That's, that's not, that's, you're not going to find that anywhere. Um, <clears throat> if he trespasses against you seven times a day, seven times a day, turn again saying repent. Because, see, we don't like that. Because you shouldn't have done it the first time. But surely by the second or the third time, you should have figured this out. But if you repent, you forgive him. And the apostle said, hey, Lord, I believe it's Peter. Increase, everybody say increase our faith. How do, you increase this, how do you increase faith? Well, you keep hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. But he's just real, isn't he? And the Lord said, if you had faith, as a grain of mustard seed. So his answer to increase your faith is you have great faith as a, if you had a faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to the sycamine tree, be plucked up at the root and be planted in the sea and it'll obey you. So he said, remember Peter, so I believe that Peter said, if you increase my faith, and Jesus said, if you had faith just like small as a mustard seed, you'd say something. So what was Jesus saying? Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. Say what the Word of God says. Okay, let's look at another one. Uh, Matthew chapter 8. Talking about speaking using our authority. Amen. 
I don't know how many more we're going to get to tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 8. But I do want to get to this one. Matthew chapter 8. Love this account. It's the account of the centurion. And so Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus uh, was entered into the Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home sick of palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. So even though Jesus is the one that's going to say something, this man is saying something. Even though Jesus is the one, and so this is the reverse, because this is pre-Calvary. This is pre-Jesus seated at the right hand of God. So that's the time difference here, but it's the same principle. So people are waiting, well, I'm going to say something, and then Jesus is going to say something. Well, he is the high priest over your confession, but he's a high priest making sure what you say from his word comes to pass on the earth. And so it's the same thing. It's a principle here, though. He said, um, he's, Jesus said, I don't come healing. And the man said, Lord, I'm not worthy. But, but and then he said this in verse 9, I'm a man under authority. So I understand authority. I have soldiers. I say to this man, go. And he goes to another, come. And he comes to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, verily I've said to you, I have not found so great a faith in all of Israel. And then he goes on. Um, Verse 13, he says, go your way as you have believed, so it shall be done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same hour. So this man is saying, Lord, if you say something, then it's going to be, all you got to do is say something. And, and, and so this centurion was saying something. But, and so Jesus said, go your way, it's done. Now you take the word of God because you have been, you are under authority. Jesus is the authority. You are under him. Just like Jesus walked in um, authority on the earth, but he didn't walk in his authority. He walked in God's authority. So in other words, we say it this way. He walked in delegated authority. So the same, the same delegated authority Jesus walked in, now you walk in. Everything the Father has is mine, and I give it to you. To the 70, he said, go in my name, right? To the 12, he said, go in my name. Remember, they came back, and they were like, man, even the demons are subject to us. This is pre-Calvary, pre-resurrection, pre-seated at the right hand of God. That name is so powerful that all they had to do was speak the name of Jesus, and things obeyed. So this is what I had in my heart, and we'll go back here and pick up here later. But something in your body, pick one thing, something you need to change, an eyesight, an ear problem, your big toe hurts, or a big one. They say you have cancer. I don't care what it is. Did Jesus heal all your infirmities? Did he take every sickness, every disease? Now I want you to concentrate on you. Now what are we going to do? We're going to talk to it. 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 We're going to tell it. Now how do you talk to it? Let's see. Knee? 
They say when you get old, you have to start creaking a little bit. But I say, by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. So what, am I, what did I do? I'd re- you know, it's better for you to say, my knee, I, healing in Jesus, you can just say healing in Jesus' name. But, you know, it's better than saying, um, man, that hurts. But in order for this to be an effective sword, it needs to be scripture. So not, it's fine to say I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. I'm believe, but remember what I say to you? Give me some evidence. Evidence. So you take the sword, which is the word of God, distamos, he say, we say, and talk to it. So what do you got going on in your body? Pick one thing. Well, I got about 20. Just pick one right now. I know you, you might have a mountain range, but just pick one mountain. And maybe everything's fine in your body. Pick something, though. Stand up. You'll do better. I'm not going to talk to it for you. So you talk to it. You don't have to shout. I know some of you are looking uncomfortable right now. But talk, talk to it. I, I speak to that. Knee, I command it to be healed and whole. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. I command you to work. I command you to be normal. I command you uh, to to function in Jesus' name. Uh, The healing power of God is at work in you. The healing power of God is at work in you. I command you to be healed, be whole, be well in Jesus' name. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is quickening you, making you alive in Jesus' name. You're as vital uh, right now as you were when I was 20 in Jesus' name. The power of God is at work in you. That I can do anything and everything I want to do when I want to do it. Ha, ha, ha. I thank you, Father. That power is working in me. The healing power of God. The stripes of Jesus that were taken for me. I proclaim my knee healed and whole. I talk to you. I command any pain to go in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You have your communion? I need mine. If you didn't get one, if you'll uh, lift your hand, the ushers can get you one. Got a few over here. Just keep your hand up real high. Now, these are tricky. You got to take the top part off first to get the... Oops. Three-second rule. (laughs) JC, you did vacuum this, right? Mm. Mm. Some of you are thinking, you're not really going to do that, are you? Yeah, I really am. Mm. (laughs) That's how I live. Hallelujah. It's a piece of steak. That's only there three seconds. It's it's all right. (laughs) Please. Why are we taking communion tonight? My, why are we taking communion tonight? Well, Pastor, tell us. Well, this was on my heart. I believe this weekend, and the Holy Ghost has already said it, is part of the Great Reset. What came to my heart was, just like the children, and he already said it, but just like the children of Israel came out of Egypt, he protected them while they were in Goshen, but there was a day when it was time to get to the other side. It was time to go to the promised land. 
And um, <clears throat> so I believe for you the general stuff. I believe, again, for healing in your body. I believe for prosperity for you because that's what this represents. Just like that, they came out with silver and gold, there was none sick or feeble among them. But more than that, it was about deliverance. It was a great reset in their life. Going from a slave to a promised land where they didn't build a house, they didn't plant a grape, but they're about to get it all. That was the plan. Now, none of the first group didn't do what they're supposed to do, but the truth, eventually they got there. But that's what's on my heart. So for you, for your family, for what concerns you, I give you my life verse. He perfects everything that concerns you. There's some perfecting going to go on. But I just need you to believe. So this is, to me, tonight, is a symbol for us, but everybody in the church. Um, I am excited, to say the very least, about what I see in my heart, what God's about to do. So whatever you need, if you need healing, receive it. If you need help, prosperity, receive it. But, but above all that, it seems to me, it's like mm, leaving some things behind and going to the other side. And then no matter what obstacles are there, come on, the Red Sea divided. They walked across on dry ground. Hallelujah. Eventually when, the, when they, they marched around Jericho and the walls fell down. Because we're not waiting another 40 years. Amen. We're going in now. Amen. And so what does this represent? Well, the bread represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we believe, Father, we thank you for the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We break that and eat it. This cup represents the blood of Jesus and deliverance. And we're so grateful for everything that Jesus did. So we thank you for this cup, which represents the blood of Jesus. Go ahead. So everybody shout, I'm going to the other side. Oh, that's almost. Come on, I'm going to the other side. <laughs> You're almost there. I'm going to the other side. All right. So now we're in Jericho. And what do you got to do to get the walls down? You just got to shout them down. You just got to shout them down. You just got to shout them down. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Hallelujah! One more time, I'm going to the other side. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.